five, four, three, two, fun. Welcome to another episode of the Ready, Set, Pwn podcast, your premier source for everything to do with the Vancouver Titans. I am Chris at Lightforce, joined virtually by Ani at Ani Stray Sam at another Sam Chan. Welcome, gentlemen, to the podcast with the three voices that were not live streaming this week. Uh, blame me. I didn't feel up to it. Many apologies. But the most important thing is we're here, right? Yeah, it's hey, great. Really? I, I, we, I don't even have to, like, you know brush my hair or, or put pants on perfect yeah we gave makeup the night off so right you guys have makeup i must be paying you too much uh, well we we have someone come and do our makeup yeah, they, bring, comes, they bring the makeup with them technically it's not our comes makeup. out of our pockets yeah the uh whole you know putting pants on thing that's that's hardcore Technically speaking, if you do it like, uh, you know, the TV news does it, right. um, you don't know what they're wearing under the desk. In True. fact, they're probably not wearing pants. I wouldn't. No, yeah. I just, was it uh, one of the local uh, broadcasters back in the day had his like dog sitting on a pillow underneath the desk as well when he was Aww. doing like the, the 6 p.m. news? I'd be that guy. I just don't have a dog. Well, one of the lesser known facts about this podcast is before every episode, I take the collar off my dog in case, you know, he his like janglingness comes through and he runs through the door. Um, oh. So there's your tidbit for you. Yeah, Top notch back behind the scenes uh, podcast value right there. Yeah, right? we think of everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, this week is going to be a big episode, I think. We have some special guests joining us uh, shortly. Uh, we have Altenar and uh, Chaba from the Nerf This cast, which for those of you who happen to speak French, you might want to check them out. They're a French language podcast based in France. They cover everything to do with the Overwatch League. But I figured, you know what? Considering the Vancouver Titans just well, recently, a week ago, played the uh, Paris Eternal, and then this week we'll be pay playing the Paris Eternal again. Why not get someone who probably follows the Paris Eternal a little bit closer to talk? And so they'll be joining us, as I said, in a, a brief moment. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the fact that the Vancouver Titans actually have two matches this weekend. Set those both up. There's a whole lot going on within the Overwatch League. Stuff going on uh, with the game itself. And one final thing before we go and throw it over to the interview to kick off uh, the payload is that our podcast audience survey closes this Friday. So if you have not yet submitted your feedback to us, go to bit.ly slash catchphrase survey. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash catchphrase survey uh, before Friday. And if you're thinking, well, geez, which Friday are you talking about? We're talking about the 17th of July. And if you're like, oh my goodness, I can't remember that link. I can't write it down. I'm listening to the podcast in the car. Don't cause an accident. Simply go to Twitter. You'll see that we've pinned the tweet at Ready, Set, Palm and click the link there. It will get you into the survey. But we're going to use that feedback to iterate what the podcast does. Who knows? Maybe we'll become like a Call of Duty podcast. or friend of the show, Katrina, she shared a new idea. If we were going to rebrand, we could be, you know, respawn point set. I kind of purchased that domain, by the way. <laughs> I got issues. <laughs> you know what this guy's talking about? Uh, I just know that this is the time for all the procrastinators out there to uh, do the survey. 
make See? recommendations in. That's that's a good segue. But while you're doing the survey, also listen to Shava and Alteron. They're going to join myself and Sam in a short moment as we kick off the payload. Moving the payload. Join me. Here we are kicking off a very special version of the payload. Uh, to set up the match that the Vancouver Titans have against the Paris Eternal uh, this weekend, or I guess Friday afternoon for those of us here in the West Coast, are our friends from over the pond across the Atlantic Ocean. We have uh, two of the hosts from Nerf This Cast. We have Shaba and Alteron. Uh, welcome, gentlemen. Thank you for uh, taking the time out of your busy schedules to uh, connect with myself and Sam here. No, of course. Thank you very much for having yeah, thank us. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Finally bringing some culture to this podcast. Oh, no. I, I, we hope so. We hope Trying so. Trying to. <laughs> now, for the listeners uh, that uh, don't know uh, the, the two of you, um, why not uh, give them a little bit of an introduction, share a little bit uh, about uh, Nerf This? Sure. Um, Shabbat, you want me to, to yeah, take Yeah, you, you founded it, so let's go, man. <laughs> I, I guess. Um, so, yeah, back uh, before season one with a friend of mine, we started a podcast called Nerf This Podcast because we already had like a podcast on the NFL, uh, about the NFL, and we said, okay, we like Overwatch, we like doing podcasts, so why not doing one? And then the team kind of changed. My uh, former uh, co-founder had to stop due to his uh, really busy calendar, not our, uh, hopefully. And yet here we are uh, at, uh, at late, uh, late season three, still, still kicking. We have a, a third partner in crime who's Atao. You may maybe know him because uh, he started uh, broadcasting the Overwatch League last week uh, on the French uh, stream. So yet he's a, a well-known uh, personality of the French Overwatch League scene. And Shaba and I are just his... Uh, Humble, humble co-worker, I guess. I guess. Uh, yeah, pretty much this. <laughs> so, yeah, and we, we kind of cover everything Overwatch League related in French every week since, yeah, day one. We, we also had the opportunity to go to the um, uh, World Cup uh, qualifiers in Paris in 2018. Uh, it was, I don't remember, 18. Um, yeah, so it was, it was, uh, it was a hell, it was so cool. We had a, a, a really good day, and we try to to cover everything esports and Overwatch related. But uh, as you know, contender scene are not easy to follow, so we kind of focus on the Overwatch League. Well, you know, and I just want to point out uh, the uh, thought that I had that <clears throat> you were just a Paris Eternal podcast had everything to do with one tweet, and that was because the Vancouver <laughs> Titans, uh, I'm going to say finished second to the Paris Eternal, because that's, that's how it works. When you lose to the champion in a tournament, doesn't matter where that match is. <laughs> right, but yeah, almost. Yeah. But uh, you you informed me that uh, you'd hope that uh, Paris would go and uh, kick our um, ass. I believe is what you would uh, what you would said. Yeah. But uh, here <laughs> I am. We're, we're podcasting, and we have a Houston Outlaws jersey and a Shanghai Dragons jersey. So yeah. so can you ex can you explain this to me? Like, is this just a we're going to grab some cool jerseys, or are these the two teams? You're like, yeah, these are actually the teams I support. Uh, actually, m my explanation is very easy because uh, season one we had a uh, um, a kind of a pick'em uh, uh, contest with my uh, 
co-founder and uh, the loser would have to buy a Shanghai Dragon jersey. So I know this isn't technically a jersey. I have a t-shirt, but uh, to make amend, I, I wore it uh, during uh, World Cup qualifiers in Paris. The moment back in, uh, you know, of course, uh, you remember uh, season one, Shanghai Dragons wasn't mm -hmm. uh, such a great team. Uh, so yeah, it was uh, yeah sort of my punishment. Yeah. Okay. For me, it was uh, actually a, a simple because in first season, there were no Paris team. And I kind of liked Houston because uh, I was um, a Reinhardt main and Muma was great on Reinhardt. And I was like, yeah, this team seems good. There's some green on the jersey. I, I like that. I like that. <laughs> and they were a good team. And now uh, not so much. But I still uh, like uh, Houston. Okay. Well, and that there's no harm there. I mean, we're we are clearly right now a Vancouver Titans podcast. Um, it's it's interesting how you talk about that. Oh, you had a, an NFL podcast, and I thought, oh, why not do Overwatch? Well, I have a, a Vancouver Canucks podcast, uh, and uh, decided, oh, what the heck, why not to do the Vancouver Titans? Because there's a lot of correlation between those two sports. Indeed. But uh, no, again, uh, welcome. Thank you for, for taking time out of uh, your schedules. I understand uh, that uh, this is uh, essentially a holiday weekend for you. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that uh, yeah. we don't uh, take you away from uh, some well-deserved time uh, with your, your families. So why don't we uh, jump, no, no. jump right into uh, talk a little bit about the, the summer showdown. So I actually have a question for the, the two of you. Um, what are your thoughts about this sort of tournament style schedule we're seeing? So May Melee Summer Showdown. I can't remember what the title the one uh, that we're going to see in August. Countdown Cup. Countdown no. Cup. Yeah. What are your thoughts on this uh, new style of play? Um, I mean, it was. Uh, it, it sure looks like uh, what we already had season one and two with the f uh, stages uh, and the final stages and stuff. Um, Obviously, it wasn't what uh, Blizzard had in plan for this season three, but uh, due to uh, coronavirus, they had to adapt. And I, I remember back uh, when when the competition stopped and they had to go full online, offline. Uh, well, online. Um, we we all thought this is a bad timing. Uh, Sinatra was leaving. Uh, the, the 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 viewership was were falling and stuff. And I guess with this uh, kind of uh, competition, now people kind of want to have more of them. In France, we see there's, there's, there's more and more people following, especially since Paris uh, had a great run. Mm -hmm. But uh, it, it also looks like um, we we can uh, release on those new type of uh, matches and with with some um, some some some. Uh, rec Shaba, help me. Recompense. Rewards, um, rewards at the end. <laughs> Sorry, my, my English is, is is a bit rusty, as you may hear. But uh, yeah, I, I guess this this brings some new excitement to Overwatch League, and this this is more than welcome. Mm. I, the, the format is great because um, the 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 original schedule was like you play matches all along the year and uh, just waiting for the final playoffs. Now, with all the COVID stuff and uh, the separation between American and Asia regions, you have to give the teams something uh, to aim for before the final playoffs. And this, this is what I like about those, uh, those um, steps, those tournaments during the, the year. And uh, there is cash prize. And uh, mm -hmm. due to this crisis, teams are obviously struggling 
So uh, Blizzard made the right move, I think. It was uh, a bit shaky at the start because no one was expecting nothing from this, and then it turns out to be a good thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you guys expect it to continue going on next year, or going back to stages, or going back to the the what we called like the twenty twenty nine game regular season? What felt like forever. <laughs> um, I I mean. Mm, Blizzard sure wants to to, to have all these homestands. Uh, uh, it was mm-hmm. the plan, and uh, I guess all the people that invested uh, a whole lot of money on the, on those projects, um, they would want to have this. Especially since you know uh, Philadelphia already started uh, to 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 build a, an arena. Um, I, I don't know if if in a whole uh, yeah. worldwide format it it can. It can still happen because it would be complicated to make mm-hmm. the teams move from a point to another in order to do the finals. So I, I don't think that would happen in season four if it all. And goes that's saying the big question right plan. now is we, with season four if it all goes to plan. We're not entirely sure what plans happen to be uh, outside of Overwatch in the real world uh, on almost a, a day-to-day basis. Uh, t- let's talk a little bit about the summer showdown specifically. So the summer showdown really culminated in uh, a meta shift that really juggled, you know, what one might consider power rankings. And one of the teams that I think benefited significantly were the Paris Eternal. I mean, uh, our friends uh, sort of east of us, the Toronto Defiant, equally benefited from this meta shift. We suddenly saw the reintroduction to the roster of agilities. But speaking specifically of the Eternal, I mean, Sparkle not only joins the Overwatch League because of age uh, at the right time, uh, but he just, you know, I mean, in the match against the, the Titans, one of the things that we had talked about was that Sparkle and Exe were on their own able to handle the Vancouver Titans, and then we had to go and see two. So is this shift of meta just a, a, a benefit to a team like Paris? And if it shifts again, as we might sort of see with the Brig nerf, um, is that going to punish them? Or do, do they have a, a roster that uh, can can overcome a challenge like that. And actually, before we answer this question, let's actually go back to the summer show. Back to that original question. Were they just the benefits of a meta shift? Is that what their success is? Mm. Uh, it, it is certain that Sparkle mm-hmm. uh, arrived at the right time, uh, but the, the coaching staff of uh, Paris made a really good job um, by um, making a good turnover with all the players. We saw in the finals or before in the tournament uh, the arrivals of Soon and Nico for specific maps and just to rest a little bit Sparkle and XE, XE after after the rough match against San Francisco, for example. But I think the coaching staff touched uh, what was the best thing to do by rotating players, using them with their strength, like the May for Nico, for example. The only map where Sparkle played May, it was less effective than with the Frenchman. Uh, this, and of course, Sparkle brings something more with uh, his raw talent because he's just insane. Like, this guy is too strong. We we had this discussion in our last episode, which basically was um, the, the 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 big point about Sparkle is that um, he, he forces the other teams 
to use more resources in order to protect themselves. And this, uh, this gives a lot of space to the rest of the Paris team uh, and allows them to, to wipe completely uh, the, their opponents. So that, that's, I guess, that's, I guess the, the, the big strength of, uh, of Sparkle is that he focuses more uh, attention of the opposite teams than other uh, Genjis could in the, in the Overwatch League. Mm-hmm. Well, Vancouver used to have this guy named Haxel, who was apparently a, a good Genji. Um, a good Brigitte. Yeah, good, yeah. <laughs> that's the thing is if, if they could somehow clone uh, Haxel for NYXL, mm-hmm. I, they, they'd be nuts in the, the current meta, having a essentially the, one of the best Brig in the league who can farm an alt in less than a minute. And and then obviously this uh, this Genji play that he's uh, better known for. Um, looking at, uh, you know, specifically the, the Titans match against the the Eternal in the Summer Showdown, one of the things that struck us was that the Vancouver Titans sort of accepted that Genji was not going to be a strength. We saw Dalton um, switch over uh, a couple of times, but they were really focused on the, the Tracer option. And this is something that we also saw from the San Francisco Shock in their match against the Eternal, where, okay, we're not going to necessarily uh, go with Genji because we don't see it as a strength. We see Tracer as this option. I mean, and we saw both times Paris was able to overcome. Do you feel in your estimation that there is a, a counter to this, this current Genji meta, or is it that just San Francisco and Vancouver might've been onto something and just couldn't execute? I mean, it, from what we saw uh, in both uh, Asia and North America uh, brackets is that at, at the end, the, the, be- the best Genji won. Uh, and and you you saw in Asia Aileen he he both uh, dominated Haxel and um, Fleda. and Fleda and Fleda in the final so yeah you 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 cannot avoid the Genji in this meta it looks like actually uh, and yeah I yeah I mean that's that's it Paris is Paris is Genji was the best one and even with Striker who's like one of the best. Uh, even maybe the best uh, tracers in Overwatch League, uh, it couldn't, it couldn't, uh, it couldn't be enough. Mm-hmm. The um, the thing that struck me uh, is interesting um, was when we saw the the matchup of Sparkle and Ikio, and I'm I, Sparkle. I'll give him the nod because obviously he won. Ikio, um, not so much. But I, I, we had this conversation in our last episode. I felt that that final between Paris and Philadelphia almost outperformed the Stage 1 Vancouver-San Francisco shock uh, as a battle of, of behemoths. Now, I described it in the terms of boxing, whereas Vancouver and San Francisco, they were like two heavyweight boxers just you know throwing punch after punch, bomb after bomb, whereas we saw more finesse from the fusion and the eternal in, in what was a very entertaining. Um, who's who, am I right here in, in suggesting that it, it, it potentially was better? Cause Sam, he doesn't actually agree with that. He thinks Titan's shock is still the, the best. Uh, it's, it's different, I guess. The, the meta, the meta makes it very different because uh shock against Titans was in the goats meta. And, uh, it was a totally different game. Uh, you had the, in the goats meta, you uh, you relied on cooldowns, on team on teamwork, team effort more than now because now you can put on your res- all your resources on the Genji, and uh, yeah, go in Genji, my boy. Let's go get him, get him, and yeah, 
uh, it's, I, I cannot really compare the, the two styles, but I guess in terms of intensity and, uh, and tension during the game, uh, yeah, this fine, these finals were really on top with the Shock Titans match of last season because the two styles were equivalent in, uh, in, in the meta that was played at each time. The thing is with Paris, we, 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 as I say, we Paris Eternal don't really have like a, a, a nemesis in the Overwatch League season two. We kind of thought it was uh, it could have been Atlanta Rain uh, because of uh, Dogman uh, trash talks and stuff, uh, and it could have been something. But I, I think since season three, um, the, the big nemesis is really uh, Philadelphia Fusion, uh, especially since uh, they also have Poco uh, and they are the French in Paris Eternal's team. They kind of tease each other before mm-hmm. and after each game. So it brings something more. And yeah, today I think the matches between uh, Paris Eternal and Philadelphia Fusion are always close and always spectacular. I I wouldn't say I, I, I have to agree with Sam. I, I wouldn't say it it's on the level. It matches the level of the the Shock Titans, where we, we which really lasted yeah. the whole. I mean, season. let me let me preface this. Like, there's a couple of things there. I guess for me, I've always kind of felt underwhelmed by the fusion in general, and for for Paris, and I'm not just saying this because you guys are here. I feel like they can still improve. So, so to me, this isn't the the peak, yeah. and at the same time, I I can't say that the stakes are the same because we came up with Summer Showdown like what a month and a half ago. So, so the the emotional investment for me is not there, um, and I can even make an argument that this might not be the hottest match of the season because we did have I think it was Soul Dynasty and the Dragons do that do the reverse sweep just you know, and we've kind of already kind of forgotten about it, right? Like that was great Overwatch also. But but are we going to remember this four months from now, six months from now? Are we going to compare it to, to other things? Like, I'm, I'm not sure. I think both Paris and Philly still have an opportunity to, to do something that will make us forget about what happened here, right? But, but, I mean, in this moment right now, it's like, wow, this is a really great game. And I'm not, I'm not denying that. Yeah, I just accept that I'm right, Sam. It mm-hmm. makes a we're going to come back mm-hmm. to this eight months from now. <laughs> no, you know what, actually, you know, hearing this sort of discussion of, of the emotion invested, like right now, the Vancouver Titans and the San Francisco Shock are, are in completely different tiers um, and maybe in different games. <clears throat> yes, totally. Um, but yeah, I guess I'm still bitter. Like, I, I would love for nothing more than the Vancouver Titans to beat the San Francisco Shock. And I accept that they might not beat many other teams, but boy, I hope they beat the Shock, even though I, let's be real, it's, it's not going to happen um, anytime soon. Um, so, Summer Showdown, we have the culmination of, of, of tournament play. And I think to your earlier point, it is much more exciting, sort of, than what we had been seeing previously. Now, as Titans fans, we're a little bit jaded because we went for, what, two months, Sam, without a match because of everything that was going on. Um, and and now, you know, as a result, the Vancouver Titans are playing catch-up, trying to play more matches. This introduces this uh, concept of a Friday match, which we're sort of seeing a return to the schedule of. Now, the Vancouver Titans will be taking on the Paris Eternal uh, this upcoming Friday at noon Pacific, which is, I believe, 9 p.m. your time. So... Nine, yeah. Nine, so I mean, I, I was. Exactly. I know it's in prime time. First of all, Titans play in Eternal makes that easy for anyone who might be regionally based in in France to to watch that match. But for us here on the west coast of, of North America, we're a little bit like, well, I, 
do we take lunch and watch the Titans or because many of us would be working before we actually talk about this, this match, um, how has that sort of North American focus schedule um, made it for, for a podcast such as yours? Because I mean, for us, we're like, we're complaining about, you know, late afternoon starts. Whereas for the two of you, it's like, oh, okay, which one of us is going to stay up tonight, or maybe both of us? Oh, actually, it's since they they started to to do the to put the replays on YouTube, it's mostly and sadly uh, essentially replays uh, on the Monday yeah. and Monday. We try to as most as many games as we can. Yeah, if there's a good a good matchup at one a.m., yeah, sometimes I try to watch at least the beginning, the first half. We can say, but. <laughs> Yeah, uh, eyes getting uh, very heavy uh, we after have the, a certain uh, time. The Asian game mm-hmm. in the morning. It's ten a.m., twelve uh, noon, and uh, two uh, two p.m. So it's those ones are easy, you know. Since it's Saturday or Sunday morning, you, you, you're on the weekend. You don't do so much things. Uh, people are still waking up and stuff, so you can watch uh, your game quietly. I know for for us, like the Vancouver Titans old roster and the last two matches that they played was after they had relocated to Korea. Um, and Sam, I think you stayed up whereas I went to bed and then I got back up, but the biggest catch was that the Vancouver Titans were scheduled to play, I think at 2 AM local time, but the first match went so quick. The Titans started one or something like that. One, And so I, I happened to set my alarm an hour early thinking (laughs) that, oh, this might happen. Um, our co-host, Omni, he woke up at 3 a.m. when the Titans had essentially lost. Because it was that, that, first of all, that was that quick, and those two matches were horrible. Um, but it, that was the difficulty, as many of the Vancouver Titans fans, I'm not going to say all, but many of the Vancouver Titans fans are obviously based here in, in North America. And so from a perspective of scheduling, it made it very difficult for, for you to follow that team. Didn't consider the replay concept, but... I was so accustomed to Twitch last year where waiting for the VODs <laughs> to get uploaded and shared was... Yeah, was and trying to find the right match on the bar. Where, where does it start exactly? <laughs> yeah. uh, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, if there's if there's one benefit to the use of YouTube is it's a whole lot easier to watch a match you're interested in and, oh, find that point in time when, you know, something were to occur. Oh, let's talk a little bit about the, the match this weekend. So we've got the Vancouver Titans taking on the Paris Journal. They're going to kick off the uh, the road to, or the countdown to the cup, or cup, can I remember? I'll get the name countdown eventually. Cup. Countdown yeah. Cup. I'll get it. Countdown Cup. Yeah, by, you know, October, I'll get that wrapped around. <laughs> We're going to see the introduction of a of the new patch, or the current patch, in which you know, the primary shift was Brigitte. So her... Uh, Essentially, armor packs no longer give armor, which I guess we can now actually call them cookies or, or what have you, because that's all they happen to be. Um, is this going to change the, the meta as it exists? Like, I still see Genji as being, you know, a relatively, you know, well-powered hero. Um, there might be some maps, obviously, situationally, but the lack of armor, is that going to slow this down or is Paris still going to be functionally in a good spot, you know, going forward? And I'm, I'm, again, I'm discounting the fact that they still have some serious firepower on the bench. Indeed. Um, I I don't see Paris 
changing too much. Uh, maybe not for the first game uh, against uh, against uh, Vancouver, um, because I mean you can still have Anna and and Baptiste uh, playing in the back lane. With Baptiste is, t- is still a real strong hero, and with Anna you can have the Nano uh, added to the to Genji's blade, which is obviously a, a huge combo. So. I don't think Paris has has planned plan to change something. Maybe we will see. Maybe they, they'll maybe they'll had they'll switch more and put some more Nico or Soon playing, but maybe not for the first game. I I don't see them trying that. No, no, no. the 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 one with a with a particular style with the Genji, and I don't see any reason why they would change that because yes, there is a patch with Brigitte, but. Uh, their Genji comp worked a lot during the showdown, and why not trying for the first match of seeding? Let's let's go with it again. And if we lose, yeah, we focus on this for the next match, and we see what is strong, what is what is not. The uh, thing that uh, occurs to me, and this is just again, sir, from our Titans perspective, um, is that. The Vancouver Titans themselves could almost, in certain cases, sort of force the, the meta to shift slightly. We, we argued about this, actually, on our last episode. What we were getting at was that the pick of Gibraltar seemed odd for the Titans uh, when they could have gone and forced Junkertown. People like, well, Exe could have gone and had all those sniper lanes. But if there's one thing we've actually seen the Vancouver Titans benefit from, the sniper lanes themselves, because they'll actually roll out the double sniper. They'll roll out the, the Widow and Hanzo combination. Shockwave has already shown that on ping... Uh, he's still a phenomenal uh, projectile, um, and, and Dalton, who's not on ping, is is equally as good. Uh, I feel that the Vancouver Titans could possibly force the Eternal to go, almost fight at their level that way. And do you see there being any benefit for the Titans to try to do that, or would the Eternal, now that this is not a tournament, simply say, "Well, we're going to go with our game plan, win or lose, we're not too concerned"? Because obviously, placement meant very little in the summer sure showdown. Thing. Eternal proved mm-hmm. that. Um, speaking yeah. of, the, of the Vancouver Titans, uh, DPS player, uh, where the hell is Tsuna? Because you, you, you guys were supposed to have a French player on your roster, and we are mm-hmm. eager to see him every week, but we don't. <laughs> what happened? So, I mean, yeah, shock, like, Shockwave. I, I won't, I won't claim to know, uh, you know, Tsuna, let alone Shockwave prior to them joining the Vancouver Titans. But the way Shockwave has been playing and the way Dalton has been playing, it's hard to see Suna finding his way into the lineup. Now, obviously, scrims also factor a lot into it, but I think one of the struggles that Suna has is that he and Dalton have very similar hero pool, and I, yeah. I'm, I think Shockwave provides more sure. versatility. So if, if he's going to find his way in, it's for mm-hmm. Dalton. And Dalton has yet to have arguably a bad match. So I think it then comes down to scrims. Okay, okay. So I was avoiding the question first. Sorry. Um... <laughs> oh no, no. I mean, it, I think you know if, if if Suna were to find like, and this is the other thing, you have Shockwave on ping, KSA on ping, Suna on ping. If Suna were to find his way to let's say U- the US or Canada. Um, the lack of ping might actually be an advantage in his favor. Because uh, that was what we actually saw some of the earlier matches. Well, yes, there's the coordination issue because this team sort of got pulled together. Hey, guys, you're playing. Congratulations. Um, there were times where you could almost tell that ping might have been at play. Like his Sombra alts were a little bit off. And it was almost like he was trying to to hit Q, but 
we got to wait. Maybe it was like a mm-hmm. half second. Yeah. yeah. Anyhow, but but let us know if uh, Suna plays any support because I feel like we could need some uh, additional support. <laughs> he, he can try yeah. and do the the Haxal recovation. <laughs> Maybe not, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, uh, regarding your question, um, thing is, uh, I indeed, if once again uh, Dalton try and go on the full on, full on tracer, uh, Paris will have the answer, uh, and and mm-hmm. Genji is actually still stays, I think, way too strong. Mm-hmm. So if 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 Titans try and go on that on that ground, it'll be. It'll be difficult, but maybe they have cyclically, cyclically practiced, uh, and uh, I don't know. Dalton will will shine on Genji, and we we can't know yet. Maybe he'll be the best Genji next month. I I, I wish you guys, but uh, uh, um, <laughs> if if they go on the if they try and do the same things that did during Summer Showdown, I don't see how they can win this one. Yeah, yeah. The, the, forcing the double sniper comp is maybe uh, something uh, Vancouver can rely on uh, against Paris because uh, Paris has has not played, I guess, against team that use Hanzo and Widowmaker at the same time during a showdown. And I think, yeah, one sniper against one sniper, XE, okay, but two, uh, maybe it's time mm-hmm. to, for us to bring mm-hmm. uh, to bring in soon. Soon on the Widowmaker, XZ on the Anzo, and uh, yeah, the b- battle of the snipers. Yes, <laughs> let's go. Sure, we'll see. Um, the the eternal coaching staff has shown um, uh, adaptation uh, from the start of the season, and if Vancouver is strong with a comp uh, that is not expected by Paris, I'm pretty sure 9K and Rush will think about that and at the pause between uh, map two and three, yeah, adjustments and maybe change player, maybe change style of comp, but yes, they will probably seek yeah. for an answer mm-hmm. during the match. And I, I, I think we should concede as well, like the difference in the summer showdown is loser picks map in sure. a regular match. It's the, the preset match, so it could very well be the maps themselves aren't conducive to double sniper. Um, the advantage that the Vancouver Titans have if they were to try to push double sniper is that a lot of teams, you'll see the substitution. And substitution almost lets you predict what are what's this person coming in for considering that the, i guess the vancouver titans could bring suna in um arguably i don't see suna coming in over dalton or or shockwave for the purposes of, of a double sniper meta there would have had to have been something else there okay so uh vancouver titans are going to lose this one ah. i i have to give paris the advantage ah. uh in the paper mm. but uh you may not be familiar with French sports, traditional sports team, but we ha- we kind of have a thing with being <laughs> uh, being like the favorite ones and losing. And we are best, we're the best when we are the underdogs. And so, never never count uh, never count us for for winners when we are supposed to win. It's never it's never done. And on the other hand, which is exciting, when you're supposed to lose, you may win. So. I yeah that's that's the way in in other sports and it has been the way with Paris Eternal since season two because if you remember well, the first game Paris played in season two was against uh, London Spitfire which was uh, the the new uh, yeah. champion of the season one and they, they I don't think they crushed them but they won like three one and it was quite one sided so that's the thing with with Paris Eternal you may not know. 
Paris came out of the gates like 4-0 or something like that. So did the Toronto Defiant. <laughs> and then they lost. I was going to say, so did the Toronto <laughs> Defiant. Come on. We went so far without mentioning them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is there, is there a kind of rivalry be, be, be between you guys? Or so, is- I mean, the, when it comes to Canadian rivalry, so Toronto is, is perceived by, it doesn't matter where you are geographically in, in Canada, as being the center of the universe because people perceive that Toronto <laughs> is everything. Um, all of our, like our, our domestic television channels start with Toronto news first, unless it's our regional oh. channel. So it's, there's this sort of already, you know, cultural, I don't like Toronto built in. And then specifically when it comes to sports teams, <laughs> Vancouver is perceived as West coast Toronto, even though it's not even on the East coast is considered East coast. And so it's the West versus East rivalry. Um, as far as the uh, the Overwatch League is concerned, um, we're actually probably friendlier to the Toronto Defiant than we're supposed to be. <laughs> but I th- I think the equivalent or the best equivalent I could compare it to is just kind of like the the French football team versus the the English football team. Um, on, on, it's a different scale, mm-hmm. of okay. course. I I think I think you know it's 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 very different. It's two different countries, but but I think that's the best equivalent I can come up with. If you ask people here, some might describe Toronto and Vancouver as two different countries as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, but at least they, they both speak French because when I went to when I went to Montreal, the, the, there was this uh, preseason uh, baseball game between the Blue Jays, uh, Toronto Blue Jays and the Boston Red Sox. Mm-hmm. And the people, they were cheering for Boston. And I was like, Come on, guys! They are, uh, you can at least cheer for Toronto because they're the same country. Oh, no. no, 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 they're, no! They're from Canada. We're from Quebec, which is totally <laughs> different. I like, okay, I give up. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah, no. And, and, and being that 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 game was in Montreal, they would have probably still had a number of uh, Expos fans. So. Oh yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, bet. And the, yeah, yeah, the Expos yeah. would not be cheering for the Blue Jays in any any shape, way, or form. So. Maybe not yet. <laughs> Anyhow, um, as we look to, to wrap this uh, segment up, uh, you know, again, thank the two for, for joining us. I know we were, uh, uh, you know, on short notice making it uh, making it happen, but I wanted to sort of give you an opportunity to to share, you know, with our listeners any final thoughts, anything that uh, you wanted to let them know if they're looking to, to maybe practice their own French language skills um, and uh, listen oh. to your podcast, what they might be able to expect. <laughs> Well, um, what they may be able to expect, a lot of, uh, I, I would say, a, a, a bad word. But uh, <laughs> no, no, a, a, lot, a lot of fun for sure. And we don't pretend to be experts or expert analysts or stuff. We just love watching Overwatch League games and we 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 kind of feel frustrating not not being able to, to speak with someone about it, so about those games. So we, yeah, we... we we gather up and uh, we do uh, our podcast uh, yeah every week sometimes we try to to have someone um from the the french desk mm-hmm. uh when one of us is missing or can't make it to next episode so yeah may, some you may hear some 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 familiar voices if you're accustomed to to listen to the french international uh, for, for the french stream which would be weird but why not <laughs> Or maybe maybe you heard them uh, when Paris won. Well, I, uh, I saw I saw the I, I YouTube. Uh, you, to it is hype. you should you should yeah. They're, they're, I mean that's that's something you can't take away from them. They're they're really passionate, yeah. and yeah, for for French people it's it's 
quite natural. You know, we will always tend to to be passionate about so, about things, uh, especially sports. When it doesn't matter at all, we we love to be passionate. So yeah, that that's, that was something cool. And so if you want to hear from us, you can uh, you can follow us on Twitter with at, at Nerf Discast. And ah uh, yeah, so, so uh, I, I almost forgot something important. I don't know if it's important, but it'll be like the hundredth episode uh, mid August at the uh, oh, awesome. just at the end of uh, at the end of the the regular season. So we don't know yet what, what we'll do. We'll try to do a huge episode with a lot of guests and stuff. So if you want to to hear a lot of joy and people coming over from the French Overwatch League scene, maybe you should uh, you should hang around. Should bring Suno on. I heard he's not doing much. <laughs> or Uncle is doing even even less. <laughs> yeah, he's playing Valorant. Uh, yeah, he does. <laughs> oh, Valorant, another one. <laughs> Um, so the final questions that we do ask uh, all of our guests, first and foremost, uh, which uh, hero do you main? I think we already got Shava's answer being Reinhardt. Is it still Reinhardt? Uh, yeah, pretty much Reinhardt. But when I'm not on tank hero, mainly Moira. Is oh. that Chris, is that for you? So, yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm like a heavy Reinhardt mind. Like, I'm of the belief that you need more support, you play Reinhardt, Reinhardt because, you know, He's the answer to everything. Um, I also play Moira, uh, and if you were to say you played Junkrat, oh. then then now you get the full set. Yeah, it I mean, he, he was a season one Houston fan. He's got to be a minor Junkrat fan at least. I, I've got the Jake skin on on Junkrat. That's <laughs> it. But I, uh, when I play DPS, very rare because you cannot tag DPS if you want to tag a game exactly, fast. Yeah. Uh, I play May. Mm. And, you know, the funny thing is, it, is that uh, back in Paris for the World Cup qualifiers, uh, Jake actually was in Paris uh, because he was doing like the broadcasting uh, for, for the games. And we had the opportunity to see him and he recorded a, a little jingle for the podcast. And sometimes in our episode, you may hear, hey, this is Jake from the Houston Outlaws. You're listening to Touchdown, uh, to not Touchdown. That's my other podcast. Sorry. <laughs> the, not this podcast. Oh, my God. Sorry, sorry about that, guys. That's the other ones, which I also try to, uh, in which I also try to do some jingles with players, but yeah. that's not the point. So, if you want to hear our jing- uh, our podcast, you may hear Jake, but that's the only player, not French player, that we have. Gotcha. Very nice. Yeah. And Alteron, and so you're... me playing, uh, it's been a long time since I played, uh, but uh, I was playing Reinhardt too. But thing is, we, since I played with Shava, it's complicated. Wow. No, I, I I love to play Diva. Diva was the, the I think Diva is the, the the character I played the most with the Fury's skin from London Spitfire, of course. Cool. cool. Uh, any other question? If you're not playing Overwatch, what video game are you playing? Oh, oh my god. <laughs> way, way, way too many. Um, right now, I'd say uh, Warhammer Total War 2 oh. uh, or, by, or Binding of Isaac, which are basically kind of the same games. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, main, mainly World of Warcraft for, for me and uh, some uh, Civilization VI. Yeah, see, yeah, World of Warcraft is a, is a was a huge part of my video game time too. But uh, hopefully, it's done. I don't think so. It, it's, it will never be done. I play a lot of. I'll play a, lo- a whole lot more when the next yeah, extension when comes, comes out. Uh, it's for sure. Every for time sure. there's an expansion, I, I I subscribe for a month. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> but then I. But then it goes on for the next year, and I, uh, and I yeah. ended playing the whole year. Yeah. See, I I have yet to fall into that trap. It's it's just amazing. So World of Warcraft was 
gosh, a game that I started playing like almost 20 years ago now. Like, and it's still going on strong. Blows my mind that it has the longevity of this. But granted, Overwatch seems to have similar longevity. And when Overwatch 2 comes out, yeah, cool, that'll cool, continue. Cool. And then we'll be Overwatch 3, so on and so forth. What do you say about that? Well, again, thanks uh, for joining us, taking time out of your, 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 the start of your weekend as you go to yeah. celebrate. Uh, but for our listeners, again, if you're looking to, for Shaba and Alteron, uh, you can find them on Nerf This Cast and it as at Nerf This Cast on Twitter. So thank you. We're going to yeah. take a short break, bring Omni back into the picture, and talk about the rest of the Vancouver Titans weekend. There is still more to my tale. Bringing things back together, we just heard from Shaba and Alteron from Nerf This Cast. Uh, they talked a little bit about uh, the Paris Eternal scene, uh, their views on the uh, the Overwatch League, but uh, I think it would be prudent that maybe we give Omni you a chance to tell us whether or not you think the Vancouver Titans yeah, have a I shot against the Eternal. I didn't like any of the opinions that were like spoken in that interview. Definitely, uh, I felt my absence from that uh, interview. Uh, no, but for real, like I think uh, for this game, we are heavily... Uh, you know, they are the heavy favorites, uh, not just because they are the upcomer uh, contender, right? But I think that also in this uh, Genji meta, uh, we're kind of understaffed in that Genji department. I mean, Dalton is is, is fine, but not when you uh, put him up against Sparkle. And if it were still the double hit scan meta, uh, I would be more confident. I I anticipate it to be, if, if we play well, to be a three-two uh, to the to the eternal. You know, you think it's actually going to be a whole lot closer. I hope. Yeah. Well, I mean, we taking a quick look at the uh, the hero pools, which have now been announced. They had not been announced when uh, Sam and I had uh, connected with Alteron and, and Chava. Uh, May, Widow, Orissa, and Anna are the uh, the heroes that are locked out out of rotation. Uh, Widow changes XZ's sort of play style. Uh, at least we don't have to worry about the Nanoblade. Mm-hmm. Having no Orisa changes things. So I, I actually think those shifts right. help the Titans a bit. Uh, not having a May, I don't understand that hero pool selection because everyone and their mother had been playing Genji. I would have expected Genji to have rotated out. So seeing May out, mm-hmm. that was a surprise. Poor Nico oh. is going to be benched again. <laughs> but but oh, go ahead, Sam. Batting Genji would have been shooting themselves in the foot. So oh, yeah, no, no, I, 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 I totally agree. I, you know, we, you have talked about this. You know, the your suggestion is the league needs to ensure was it a a tracer Genji or was it Widow was your other one? Widow and Doomfist. I think those are the mm-hmm. those are the exciting ones to me. Hanzo too. Hanzo is yeah. like a fan or cult favorite. For sure. But I don't know. I don't know how we would feel if like Hanzo was like a regular, like kind of like how we see May. Like, would we get kind of tired of those arrows over time? If it was scatter, sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or maybe if it were like a, a Zarya combo, you know? Yeah. Dragon, that was a bit upsetting for a while last season, I think. Yeah. Or was it like two seasons ago? I'm so it sure. might be might be popular because it's niche and that's that's the way we enjoy it, but but like definitely like we, we never tire of Genji. We never tire of the Tracer Frags. We never tire of, well, I don't Arista. know. No, oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just got off from playing uh, Mystery Heroes, and there's nothing as dull as getting Orisa twice in a row in Mystery Heroes. <laughs> we are talking about Orisa's OP. I, I love getting Orisa on, like, well. 
Uh, no, I know she's OP, but she's just so dull. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Except for, well, yeah, that's a good map. Let, let's talk about something else that's dull, the LA Gladiators. Uh, <laughs> if you happen Ouch. to see power rankings, the LA Gladiators were gutted based on recency. Like, I, I first and foremost, all the power rankings that came out post-Summer Showdown, first of all, they're completely nuts. It is so much focused on recency bias. And I get that, oh, okay, in the current meta, the patch that exists, here are the teams that are better. And I, I have no problem when you adjust your power rankings based on something like that. But the Vancouver Titans arguably got a solid bounce up. I mean, okay, I, you could argue they're showing improvement, and I don't disagree that there's a, as they're growing as a team and they're, they're you know, figuring out their their idiosyncrasies and they're finding out synergy, they are improving. But look at like a team like the Toronto Defiant, who again, look really good in this meta. There's no way that the insertion of an agilities into their roster suddenly goes and puts them up to like, I saw some of them and people were having them in like third and fourth place in the Overwatch League right now. And these are reputable people within the community. I'm, I'm going to agree. The meta has boosted the Defiant, but they're not third or fourth in the Overwatch League. No. But conversely, the Gladiators, some had them down, you know, closer to the Vancouver Titans when it came to ranking. And that too, in my mind, is a little bit harsh because the Gladiators aren't a bad team. They're just a good team that finds ways to look bad. Mm. I, I wouldn't say they're a bad team, <laughs> but I wouldn't say they're a good team either. They they exist. Yeah, they, they remind me of the Defiance sometimes when they kind of find a way to to lose to worse teams, and they're constantly disappoint me. Uh, uh, and and I don't really know what is it about them that makes them do that. Maybe there's some internal turmoil in there or some uh, issues that we are not aware of, but they definitely should be playing more. And back to your point about uh, power rankings and recency bias and how uh, high people place the Defiant and how we're no longer like placed 20th in every uh, um, power ranking. And I believe a lot of it has to do with expectations because if you look at the on-paper rosters, right, teams like the Defiant, teams like uh, the Gladiators even have a lot of recognizable names, people with uh, past success in, in the Overwatch League, definitely. So I think that just by underperforming or overperforming, that's kind of like what gets those knee-jerk, knee-jerk reactions and nobody really mm-hmm. knows what's going to be with most of these games. Fair enough. I mean, I, I just, you know, I, we joke about our power rankings powered by science. We did them at the start of this season. Yeah. And then I think I, I single-handedly blame us for everything that's happened to the Overwatch League because it was our power rankings. To the curses. The system. Uh, yeah, the, the curse of the league. There's no light force curse or Sam curse or Omni curse. It's the oh, there is a light force curse for sure. That's real. And how foolish are you guys all going to be when the Titans finish fifth for the season? Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a bold statement. Oh, that's what I had at the beginning. That's true. <laughs> Not and, impossible, know, technically. Depending yeah. on how we look at these, like the power rankings at the end, like. End of season, is it end of season standings or is it playoffs? You know, so much to to unpack there. Um, Let's talk a little bit about the actual match, though. Vancouver Titans are facing the LA Gladiators. If you look at the teams purely on record, uh, the Vancouver Titans, they have a losing record, but it's not as bad as it once was. The LA Gladiators once had a winning record and now it's a 500. So 
one team seems to be moving one direction, another the other. Right. One is I... off a loss to Washington as well. Hmm. Hey, the, put some respect on those justices. Sorry. <laughs> they're, so not, gonna... they're not 20th either anymore. No, that's true. <laughs> uh, that's Boston's spot. Uh, the, okay, I look at this, and this is the match of the weekend that I would say the Vancouver Titans have a real chance at, at winning, but I still feel it's it's 3-2 Gladiators. Mm, I I think a lot of it depends on the psyche that they uh, step out of the Paris game. Uh, you know, if they play well against Paris, if they give them a good, uh, uh, you know, fight, we might come on top. If we get demolished and straight up, like, swept under the rug, which I don't think we're going to uh, be, um, I, I kind of feel like we're, we're going to be the Gladiators. Gladiators, uh, Titans matchup is actually pretty interesting. Um, they... Like I said, constantly find a ways, ways to lose. And if we analyze their roster, their desperation might cause them to play a bit better against a team that they should beat. But if you look at their past uh, you know, games against teams that are, are below them, they often not do that. And I do think that we have the better DPS pair. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they, I think, have the more formidable support duo, definitely with uh, more... Uh, you know, uh, past successes. But what kind of balances out and what brings me to the key matchup in here that will essentially, I think, will uh, call who the winner is, is the matchup between KSA and Space, um, mm. or probably Sigma or whatever they are uh, going to play. And that's Do you think a, like Ryan Sigma? Maybe. Uh, maybe we'll see some monkey too because of the Genji who now doesn't have a... a True. A, a nano... Doesn't have the widow either, though. Yeah, yeah but monkey is still a good, uh, a decent like uh, counter. Yeah, and and the other thing to consider as well, uh, Brig won't be passing on armor. Yeah, right. All she is just a, a heal machine now. So <laughs> yeah, so, to okay. me, to me, that's that's the big thing is if the Titans and I guess the Glads, and to that extent, external, do they decide to use Brig even though she's been nerfed? Um, because to me, Car Cars looked the best on on Brig you know, by, by, by a mile. Um, and the Titans haven't really fared well when he hasn't been on, on Brig just as a, as a general statement. Um, so, so that's really, really key for me is, is Ken Carr car kind of play up to this, mm-hmm. this, you know, owl replacement level. I, I'm sure there's a fancy stat somewhere, but, but I'm not, I'm not going to go into the science, just, just more of a general statement. If he can play, as 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 a as an average owl player, as opposed to some of the games where he's he's looked questionable, um, that's super key for me. And yeah. and I, I think the Titans are actually excited about playing the Glads because they have some friends from there. And I think uh, it was Shockwave or, or maybe Dalton that that called them out as the team they want to beat, just because mm-hmm. of the friendships. I think they're 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 good friends with Mir and Kevster and those kind of guys. OGE mm-hmm. too, I think. That's very um, cute. Yeah, so so they're they're going to be amped up to play against them. Like I I don't know on on paper the the Glads have all the the bigger names, but can't deny they keep losing, and I I can't explain why they keep losing, and it's not our job to. So and I'm ob- I'm contractually obligated to go three O Titans every time now. So <laughs> this is a very boring segment for me. So Sam says three O Titans. I say three two Gladiators. Omni, it all comes down to you. A three one Titans. Oh, you guys are very positive. Yep. Well, I, we're, I, we're here to spread that PMA. Hey, I, it's a one and one for the weekend. So 
I want the Titans to win, as I will always say. I just, I don't want to be so optimistic that the blue-green glasses that I'm, you know, seeing things through interfere with my uh, impartiality. <laughs> what impartiality? <laughs> I know. I'm trying to be an it's, honest podcast. It's our podcast. Here. We don't need to be impartial. We can be partial. <laughs> we're not, like, uh, we're not hunting for the Pulitzer here, right? <laughs> oh, if there's podcast awards, maybe maybe we're looking to... to to Maybe. score one of them. Anywho, uh, you have heard our uh, prediction for the Vancouver Titans. We're curious what yours are. Let us know on Twitter at ReadySetPone or jump into our Discord, discord.io slash ReadySetPone. Uh, tell us if we're out to lunch or if you agree with us. Regardless, we're going to take a short break and dive directly into the fray. There wasn't a week that was, so let's dive directly into the week that will be. As we already said uh, earlier in the payload, uh, the hero pool for weeks 24 and 25, so that is this current weekend as well as the subsequent weekend, no May, no Widowmaker, no Arissa, no Anna. Now, who is playing who? Well, kicking off the weekend which actually will be a Friday afternoon, is your Vancouver Titans in Paris Eternal at 12 noon Pacific, followed by the Houston Outlaws at Dallas Fuel at 2 p.m. on Friday. Then we fast forward over to Saturday in the wee hours of the morning. 1 a.m. is the Hangzhou Spark and the Seoul Dynasty. At 3 a.m. is the Guangzhou Charge, London Spitfire. 5 a.m. is the Chengdu Hunters and the New York Excelsior. And then again at noon, but this time at least on a Saturday, is the Vancouver Titans and LA Gladiators, followed by the Washington Justice Toronto Defiant at 2. 4 o'clock is the San Francisco Shock Boston Uprising. And at 6 p.m., the LA Valiant and the Atlanta Reign. On Sunday, no APAC games. It is simply NA, and that is the Paris Eternal taking on the Toronto Defiant at noon on Sunday, noon Pacific. The Atlanta Rain, Florida Mayhem at 2 p.m., and the Boston Uprising at LA Valiant at 4 p.m. Pacific. When it came to actually predicting the matches of the week or weekend, uh, both myself and Omni suggested you might want to tune in to the Washington Justice as well uh, versus Toronto Defiant match. I also said you should watch the Defiant again on Sunday against the Paris Eternal. And then Sam, he chose the San Francisco Shock Boston Uprising match because you know how Sam is. I'm not going to. I'm it's not going to acknowledge an arc of the Shock. Yeah, totally. That you wrote I kid in your choice. Mm. You think they, they have, have a shot? Who, who shock the, do you think the shock has a chance against Boston? I don't know. Mm, if they work really hard and they, they go to all the team meetings and attend all the practices. Yeah. I, if I they, think so. If Violet stops uh, looking at YouTube videos during practice. <laughs> exactly. It's so rude. <laughs> Man. So, you know, justice defiant. I chose that one because one, I think the justice are a better team right now than their record suggests. Uh, that said, I don't think they have a chance against the Defiant. In the meta as it sort of exists, Whoa, I think Toronto is the better chance. team here. Ooh. No, I said they don't have a chance. Yeah, I think Toronto wins this 
clearly, but I do think the Washington Justice are now a better team. They're kind of like last year's Washington Justice, where going into stage four, suddenly they're like, oh, we're not that bad anymore. But by then it was far, way too late. I kind of feel this Washington Justice team is starting to come into their own. Sam, correct me if I'm wrong. I think your reaction was because of the phrasing of having a chance. I think it's a much closer game. Personally. I think the Justice are going to upset the Defiant. If really? We're, if we're all things considered, yeah. Mm. Defiant have a history of disappointing. I mean, like this is a really okay. this is a really weird look for for the Defiant to be because I think by by any account, even so called haters, Defiant would be the the heavier favorite. But I don't know. Like I I like how the Justice are rounding out talent by like you know just body by body they have the talent um they just haven't performed right so well but look at the like the justice is the improvement we saw from the washington justice over the past sort of few weeks had everything to do and specifically looking at the summer showdown the nano blade it wasn't just the blade it wasn't just the nano it was the combination mm. now look at the defiant with a very similar meta I think that Defiant have agilities who can play the Genji better than Tuba can, and Genji, uh, you know, not requiring a Nano who isn't even available, um, still provides more utility. That's a bold statement to make. Yeah, so I think Tuba is better than agilities. Really? See, I okay, then that that might be the difference here for me, as I see agilities yeah. clearly better. Than I mean, Tuba. very arguable, and I'm not here to like defend justice or whatever, but but I feel like Tuba has been just sitting on the bench playing Genji for like a whole season. Um, while he did nothing for, for six months through COVID, through, through lockdowns, through all of that. So, so he's ready to just come and kill, um, agilities to me, like I would never take him to the bank. He does have a very good Genji and we've seen it in years past with, with whether it's a Valiant or team Canada or whatever, but he's always been kind of like, just when you expect him to be, you know, great, he, he doesn't show up. And then when you forget about him and you're like, oh, agilities is, is not our level. Then, then he shows yeah. up again. like, like he's so hard to predict. So I he's never the time of Genji. Yeah. Like it's just, it's just really difficult and I'm not really knocking him as a, I guess I am knocking him, but <laughs> I, I don't not, not in like, like a super deep way. Just like, I, I want to see him do well on a consistent basis. Sure. Okay. Well then here, I'll ask you this, uh, logics or stitch. Mm, I I'm biased, so I I can't. And also, we've already talked about logics as well as being maybe not as inconsistent as uh as agilities, but but he's had his fair share of moments where one time you think he's an all star, and another time you can't wait to get rid of him. I'll take logics. See, and that's I I'm leaning logics not because I have anything against Stitch. We have truly not seen enough of Stitch. It's it's unreal that. An entire season went by for the Vancouver Titans, and we saw him like a hand, not even a handful of times. And then the opportunity to see him in the but current you got first hand view of Stitch. I did, and his carry unfortunately was not strong enough for the likes see, of you and I. If, if it was logics, you would have gotten that second point on Junker Town for sure. You didn't even get the first point. <laughs> yeah, but if it, if it was logics, you would have gotten second, <laughs> but not the third. Oh man. Um, Omni, so, I mean, again, you said it was the match to watch. Similar reasons, just thinking a different result? I just looked at the other matchups and I didn't like them okay. as much. That's, that's very valid, actually. Yeah, I did it by elimination. So, okay, I actually chose the second match saying Defiant Eternal. Again, soft spot for Defiant, and as we probably come to figure out, I often will choose them as the match to watch if given an opportunity. 
And that's am... how the second wave of the Light Force curse. Uh, <laughs> well, I, so I, I really wish the Toronto Defiant and Paris Eternal were meeting up with sort of the previous patch. I still think the Eternal are the, are the better of the two teams, but I think that that's a lot closer uh, in the previous patch. In the, the current patch, I believe the Eternal have the edge here. Like, clearly have the edge. I'd say in any in any uh, uh, meta. Even goats. Well, yeah, Paris. Well, okay. We actually talked about this, as you, you heard in the interview. I mean, the Toronto Defiant and the Paris Eternal in the first week of goats in season two of the Overwatch League were both doing really, really well. And then stuff happened. <laughs> well, Somehow yeah. they both lost that game, it feels like. But with their current roster, they are very strong. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. <clears throat> Uh, but uh, again, uh, who knows whether we'll be right or wrong. I just know that I'll be uh, watching uh, the two Canadian teams play uh, quite a bit this weekend. Uh, just as an FYI, I was looking ahead at the schedule. The Vancouver Titans have a three-match weekend coming up where they'll play a Friday at noon, a Saturday, as well as a Sunday. So a back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. Yeah, a whole lot of Titans action. Tune in. Grims. Get those tokens. Uh, the other news coming from our friends out east, and, and this isn't so much news per se from our friends out east, in so much as news about our friends out east, like how I sort of position that there, is that the, uh, the team is going to be building a esports, or I guess not team, let me qualify that, Overactive Media, the parent company, is going to be building an esports focused facility to actually, you know, build this sort of concept that the the Defiant, the, uh, gosh, I don't know what the Call of Duty team is off the top of my head, or the Ultra. Mad Lions, Ultra, thank you, can all play out of, um, with, I think it was just over 10,000 seats, is what they were looking at. Yeah, 8 to 10. Yeah, 8 to 10. And if you're, you know, curious, well, what is it that you're talking about? Uh, ESPN Esports is... Uh, uh, the ones who who broke it. But the concept here is to build this large uh, sort of esports facility that'll be next to, to BMO Field, uh, which if you've been to Toronto, BMO Field, uh, I think it's like right by the CNE, and uh, just down the street from what I would call the Sky Dome, but whatever it's called now. Um, the something, right? Yeah, Rogers something. But the baseball field, the... Uh, concept is sound and they're definitely going down this sort of path towards actually building something like this because they've hired uh you know people who who can coordinate with the government uh to ensure that you know what gets built is is one probably done with maybe a few taxpayer dollars uh but to uh to ensure that it you know happens because one of the things that has to take in the can take in this consideration building downtown can't be cheap and there's probably zoning implications that also need to be uh, uh dealt with but this is pretty big news yeah i think it's i think it's incredibly exciting and and like will most likely be downplayed but this is actually huge for for canadian esports overall i think the the kind of backers that you know oam has had to to get this thing built is is a huge commitment not only by obviously overactive media but also mm-hmm. by the city of Toronto and to some you know bigger degree Ontario itself that that esports is here to stay and there's there's monetization um 
you know, methods down the line. And I think what's even like a bigger deal for, for me, you know, the nerd part of all this is, is that, you know, right now, events in public spaces are not exactly a hot commodity, right? Like every, every sort of, not even just sporting, just venue in general is bleeding money and they choose and they're still able to get the deal done now, which, which to me is, is like a really positive sign that, that there's a lot of belief that whether it's the, the teams that come into play, whether it's hosting future things like, like worldwide tournaments, whether it's a Fortnite tournament or, or, or the invitational for Dota or whatever it is, like it's, there, there's a consistent source of revenue with enough proof points that this is going to work in in downtown Toronto. So, so this is you know this is a big big thing for for all esports fans. So we should all be excited. Yeah, I'm just happy for the organization as well. And and props to our uh, the friend of the podcast, Adam Adamu, and he seemed to have the proper mindset of of taking it, you know, esports seriously and for the long run, really. So yeah. I'm excited for them. Well, and you know, consider sort of esports organizations in North America, uh, very few were building their own sort of sports specific facilities. Uh, not to suggest that they don't exist, you know, case in point, you know, at West here, we've got the gaming stadium, the gaming stadium doesn't have a relationship with the Vancouver Titans or the Seattle surge or, or any of the top tier leagues at this point. Uh, but they are separate partners. Whereas now you have like OAM looking to build their own. Now OAM building their own is interesting because they're not, I mean, they're, they're financially backed, but they're not, you know, traditional sports, big money backed. And you look at what was going on down in Philadelphia, Comcast, who owns the, the Philadelphia fusion, but own, well, heck they own Comcast <laughs> of all things, uh, on top of like the Philadelphia Flyers and what have you. They're building Fusion Arena, which is part of their entire sort of sports complex. And then you have out in LA, uh, the Kroenke family who, who own the, the Gladiators as well as the LA Gorillas. They also own the Rams, the, the, I think they're the Los Angeles Rams right now. Yeah. They've changed their names a few times and I don't follow the NFL close enough to remember. Um, again, big traditional sports money. That would be equivalent to the Aquilini family saying, hey, we're going to build our own esports specific stadium in downtown Vancouver. There's money behind that that can sort of help cushion the blow of that investment. OAM, again, has financing. And it sounds like based on this ESPN report, they've brought in another partner. Uh, who is uh, uh, built up within uh, Canadian real estate. So that does help. But again, I think it speaks volumes to their long-term view of esports, whether it be the Overwatch League, uh, you know, Call of Duty, whatever. Uh, they see this as being a good investment to make. We're going to have to get Adam on, I think. Might, you know, Once this news comes out, we'll have to get Adam back on and see if he can... Uh, Give us the juice. Give us VIP passes to watch the Ultra play, whoever it is that the Ultra play. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I look at Call of Duty, and I, I if it wasn't so frenetic, I, I might play the game, but I just I can't keep up. These kids, too good. At least in Overwatch, I can like hold down M1, and I at least <laughs> contribute with Reinhardt. Fair <laughs> enough. But that kind of led me to kind of thinking, and, and I, I do know that, the the titans org at least explored this possibility i know on the the vancouver and more maybe more political side like that's not something that they're currently looking at blowing a bunch of money for Mm -hmm. in terms of venues but i i'm sure it was it passed their 
their mind. And it kind of just led me down this kind of interesting actually like where where do you think it would be if we were to host our own kind of eight thousand foot stadium? Because I, I only thought of one place and it's not exactly downtown, but I, I'm pretty sure Chris is gonna read my mind. Okay, well, so I would pre- like if if I were to predict so the first place I, that I would suggest is downtown, but it would have to be on the property that the Aquilini family already owns just outside of Rogers Arena. So for those that don't know, there's a parking lot that <laughs> they actually own the land to. Eventually, uh, once the viaducts are gone, that parking lot will be developed and they could probably put an esports facility in there and then have mm-hmm. offices, condos or whatever above. I could see that happening. Um, the other logical place in my mind is actually heading out towards Surrey. Oh, really? So you did yeah. know in my mind. I but, thought B and E. Yeah, maybe. That's what see, I was thinking. See the problem. The problem with B and E, and it's not that I don't think it's a, a you know a good idea. It's that that land would require you know government involvement. I believe the P and E lands are owned by Pavco. Mm. Which is for those that don't know, essentially the the provincial government has a company that runs all of the sort of some of the provincial lands, PNE being one of them. Hmm. So. Yeah, I, th- I think I kind of got sold on the Toronto idea that the fact is near BMO Field. Um, there is Swan Guard there, so like there, like I, well, I P- think to PN- build out that ecosystem. Sorry to cut you off, but like to build no, out this no, no. ecosystem, it, I think it has to be correlated with things that are non esports as well. And and I kind of liked that concept. Sure. And so just just to correct you, because that's what I like to do. Uh, Empire Field oh, is what's by the PE Swan Guard. That's like you know quite a bit distant south in Burnaby. So just you know know your sports I, fields. I w- I could it's also recommend. I, I think there are uh, a couple of mansions down here in Richmond that are pretty vacant, and they could host an event of eight thousand people <laughs> you're, easily. You're probably right. They are. There's, are you recording in one? Oh man, that's that's. Uh, you can tell I'm overpaying Omni because he's currently in this one on Number Six Road that's like a million square feet. Yeah, I'm busted. I'm squatting um, down in this uh, monster of a mansion. Uh, anyhow, um, big news coming out of uh, Toronto. Again, it's nothing official yet. It, it is more probably ESPN again, Jacob Wolf. And ultimately, he's extremely reputable. I'm not questioning uh, that uh, this is not going to happen. But we haven't seen anything through official channels quite yet. Uh, now, whether or not related, and I'm simply dropping the tweet here because it came uh, through my timeline. Adam did drop, wow, heard plans for one of our leagues today. That will blow your mind and so i'm like oh like poof or kablooey and he responds with a gif of like a nuclear explosion so i'm now kind of like part of me is like is it is it owl related <laughs> if it's if it's you know call of duty or cs whatever that's cool too but if it was owl related yeah it'd be kind of neat. new owl bubble yeah. <laughs> everybody go live inside the new stadium for the yeah, next man. 12 months oh hey it can be done so Back to the actual Overwatch League itself. Let's talk a little bit about some player movement. So the only team that's really been busy over the last couple of weeks is the Guangzhou Charge. They first announced that, is it WYA, like WYA? Sure. I don't know. I can't say I know the pronunciation of the name. That's good enough. Uh, Has visa issues, so he cannot play. As a result, uh, instead of having them just sit around, not do anything except play ladder, uh, they've put them on a two-way contract to allow them to play in contenders. Uh, so that'll allow them to develop as a game. All again, these issues are are sorted out, which could very well take until next year, the way the pandemic is going. 
And being that they were putting them onto a two-way, for some reason or another, they also decided they wanted to give a player such as Crystal a second chance. And they signed him to a full contract. And they actually shared in the tweet that we believe he's ready to commit to being a professional Overwatch League player and everyone deserves a second chance type deal. So people are like, ah, interesting. That's kind of neat. And that was subsequently followed by uh, news today that the uh, parent company of this previous team, Billy Billy, is taking him to arbitration looking for over $2 million in retribution. Now, one, if Overwatch League players make anywhere near close to that much money, wow. Second of all, I don't think they do. Third, I know that when it comes to arbitration, you always sort of start with a number and it's possible that through mediation, the number might change, but that's a lot of coin. They'll probably meet somewhere between $2 million and $0. (laughs) But a good number. Somewhere in between gets gets to a big number still. I, (laughs) you know, we talked a little bit about this when the Vancouver Titans were going through some of their issues. And one of the things that the three of us had said is it's important that, you know, these esports players have representation and get sound advice. Reports are crystal, whether or not sound advice was provided or had representation that could tell him how to be may not have taken that advice because did some crazy things such as I need to go home. I'm not feeling well, I'm not doing well. I need to focus on my health and then focused on, other things. So this doesn't bode well. And on top of that, the fact that it's sort of taking place in China means I can't even begin to guess what that world of arbitration would actually look like. Yeah. I'm just glad that he's already kind of associated with another organization. Maybe they'll take some of that onto themselves. I'm not sure that it doesn't bode well for him. You don't uh, mess with bleebly. Really That's true. <laughs> um, speaking of Guangzhou Charge, they also announced a three-year partnership with Herbalife Nutrition. <clears throat> That's cool. <laughs> Don't fall for that one, kids. Some of that Herbalife, we can go to a Crystal's lawsuit, I guess. Maybe. But the, the thing that was key to me, three years. Oh, so is that mm-hmm. you know a sign that Al's going to be around <laughs> for two more after this? I mean, we take what we can get. Um, the other thing I didn't throw into our show notes, but I did also want to touch on, is that John Spector dropped a twit longer, which in our language means going to Valorant. The difference is John Spector is not going to Valorant, but had a lot that he wanted to say that I guess he didn't want to throw up in a blog post on overwatchleague.com. <laughs> so what did he talk about? Well, he talked about tournaments, playoffs, and hero pools, the three topics. And I'm going to simplify this. You can go find the twit longer and, and read yourself. Uh, the, the tournaments are something that uh, he's acknowledging they're seeing quite a huge following of. The viewership is going up. Uh, people are quite psyched. And we've talked about it too. The May Mayhem finals, the sh- Summer Showdown finals, they've been really compelling. The tournaments have shown us some really good matches. So they're actually thinking of how they might be able to go and take that format into uh, 2021. While at the same time, also providing for homestands. So they're apparently reevaluating sort of these plans and, you know, Things will be shared when things are shared. Playoffs. uh, They're talking about playoffs this season and what that will functionally look like. Uh, Right now, we don't know what that will be. We know that matches are counting for standings, but the fact that some teams can actually play more matches and get more wins simply by winning a playoff match does mean that now you're 
scheduling's all messed up. They're also going to take into consideration strength of schedule and they do want to have a means for all 20 teams to have a path within the playoffs and giving bigger advantages to higher CD teams. I'm going to guess we're going to see a playoff that's very similar to the tournaments we've seen. The difference being is there's going to be more play-in matches that will occur and the higher seeded teams will probably have to wait longer to play. So are we going to grab that fourth seed again? Yeah, no, that won't happen. <laughs> Not if we no. grab the first seed. That's oh, true. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the other thing, uh, hero pools. And essentially he acknowledged that, you know, hero pools are still a work in progress. And as they plan into 2021, they're going to go and look at them and, you know, figure out about what they can do. Now, what was interesting is that he did say that the current system is responsible for a lot of fluidity, which we've seen in the meta. And, oh, rotating it with the hero pulls it caught, pulled it balance changes, such as Grand Genji dramatically returning to action in the Summer Showdown, has worked well. I don't believe the hero pools are what's actually giving you what you saw in the Summer Showdown, because what was it in the Summer Showdown? No hero pools. I think Bang. what Hero Pools does is it makes us appreciate time without Hero Pools. I, I beg to differ on your comment. While I uh, I partially agree with you that uh, it wasn't like Hero Pool based, but I just have the, that, this notion of Overwatch coaches being so stuck with uh, the meta that is perceived or socially accepted to be the best, and they're so risk averse. And even if they're going like with their heads against the wall, and they don't know, and they're like 100% sure that they're not going to win with the, playing a certain meta, they'll still do. I'm just happy that someone just came with this, uh, with a big freaking hammer and broke that system down a little bit to to say like, hey, maybe Ash can be good. Or, hey, maybe we can play uh, uh, Reinhardt and Sigma. Because if if they don't, it takes a whole lot of time for some... I don't know, tier three, tier two team to innovate. And then hopefully that trickles up. Oh, it's a weird uh, a phrase, but it, hopefully it trickles up to tier two and tier uh, one like it happened before. So uh, I, I love the diversity. Obviously, it needs some touch up. It's too fast, too much for the players and the coaches to adapt. Uh, I expect them to adapt as well as it is right now. They need to tone it down. But I do think that uh, the hero pools... Uh, even though everybody hates them so much, I think they did contribute a lot to that. Okay. Um, that I, 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 I can see your point there, but I just look at what he's saying specifically and then showcasing the summer showcase as the example it, that, that it's like a, a does not equal statement, but I, I do agree. The hero pools sort of provide for the experimentation, sort of forcing the adaptation. Mm-hmm. I still think if they're going to use hero pools, that they make like hero pools based on sort of like a stage or seasonal or, or monthly, you know, format, whatever that might be to provide the opportunity for true coaching to take place, true understanding, as opposed, we know weekly doesn't work. I think two weeks is a little bit tough, but then by going in where you play hero pools to suddenly that one week where there isn't anything. And then, oh, by the way, a, a tournament where they don't exist either. That part seems kind of funky to me. Just change it between maps. <laughs> oh, or just gosh. hire Omni as a coach. More, more Omni-like coaches, I think. Yeah. I think oh, could, could do some more diversity. But, like, the other thing we glossed over is just, like, you know, we're we're so amazed at the, the success <clears throat> of these tournaments. Like, and, and I think 
to draw back what we were talking about at the beginning of the season is like, you know, what's even an upgrade over tournaments stages. So I feel like we've just wasted entire season realizing that we had it pretty good in the first place. Agreed. So it's, it's, it's to me like, it's like, we, I think we can call a spade a spade in this whole idea of like, we were going to sit here and watch what 29 matches that were all going to lead up to this one playoff like that to me, even with homestands wasn't going to be that interesting, especially if you had teams early on that were clearly really good and teams that were clearly really bad. Like there always needed to be some sort of like internal or a short term incentive for, for things like rivalries to exist. Right. Right. Like, like, and to me, like the, the tournaments are, are nice, but having a longer buildup more so than I guess three weeks would make it even nicer, which is basically brings us back to stages. So, so I, I'm kind of thinking like, why, why is Overwatch League like thinking so hard about this? Like, you know, dedicating so much staff time to, oh, how are we going to do this and make it work? Like, dude, just copy last season in that perspective, right? Like not in everything, mm-hmm. but, but, but like, it's, it's not rocket science. Like that, that there's a lot of things wrong with season two in, 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 in owl, like stages weren't one of them. So, so it's. I don't know. And and you could work this with homestands. You could work this without homestands. Like you could have two copies just depending on like, we don't know what it's going to look yeah. like. Right. So, so like, I don't know. It's just, you're creating too much work for yourselves. If you got that much time, go make more characters. Right. It's a lot of the time is a challenge to uh, people to admit, admit that they had like a better system before and go back to it. But I completely agree with you. 200%. We had a wonderful uh, system with the, stages yeah as far as news is concerned for the actual game itself uh there's a new sigma skin that's pretty mint that's available through sigma's maestro challenge or maestro i guess is how some and possibly many will actually say it um as with previous challenges uh you get a spray or you get a couple sprays i think uh in game uh, by winning your first six matches. And then if you win nine, you then get the Sigma skin. And then if you watch uh, some streamers on Twitch, you can actually earn uh, uh, essentially in-game cosmetics as well uh, if you watch so many hours. I, I always find it funny that despite the Overwatch League having the agreement with YouTube, in fact... Activision Blizzard's esports properties all have an agreement with YouTube. This challenge still has us going to Twitch because Twitch has the technology that YouTube has yet to figure out. Twitch also has the streamers. True. <laughs> but I would think that like Google would be like, hey, how can we make this work? Like I, I think there's there's obviously more at play. Yeah. Like drops are the greatest example. How it took so long for our our token drops to actually occur to watch the Overwatch League. And the solution is watching through the Overwatch League app or through the Overwatch League website. Like the fact that that's the solution tells you there are problems on the the Google side that they can't seem to figure out or maybe just don't have an appetite to even try to tackle. Yeah, it's a low priority uh, bug. (laughs) But the the skin, the Sigma skin, I actually think looks really good. I'd say it's t- a top tier skin in the game. Yep. Does he have like a? I, I like the um, uh, emote as well. It's really really amazing. 
Did you check that one out? No, I, I, I haven't seen the, the the accretion rocks around him. It has its own like theme that plays in the background. It's really nice. Oh, sweet. I will check that out the moment we get off the podcast. And mm-hmm. as far as sort of theme or music, uh, the Overwatch Cities and Countries playlist was uh, released this past weekend. You may be thinking, well, what the heck is this? Essentially, it's the music on all of the different maps. Um, the location specific uh, music, most of the music you'll have heard before, but for someone like me who doesn't play CTF, uh, doesn't play a whole lot of, um, gosh, what, what's the other mode I'm thinking with the Chateau Deathmatch. Deathmatch. Thank you. You might not actually hear the music, especially if you're also like me who turns that off in game. So I was, I've been listening to the playlist all, all day today. It's available on Spotify, I think, right now. I don't know if it's yeah. going to be available elsewhere. Uh, yeah, it's available on multiple sources, like on, on also on iTunes and I think Google Music. Okay. Very cool, nice. Cool, cool. Well, the good thing about Spotify, you, know, you just listen to it for free. No ads for some reason. Mm. Hey, here we are. End of an episode. <clears throat> Pretty big one. We had our interview with uh, Altiero and uh, Shaba from Nerf This Cast. So again, thank you, gentlemen. And if you want to check them out, it's at Nerf This Cast on, uh, on Twitter. And uh, while, yes, they do speak uh, en français, if you do follow the language, they're definitely worth a listen. Uh, but any uh, final words of wisdom that you want to share with all of our uh, listeners there, gentlemen? Parrots can mimic any phrase, but they can't do recent songs due to copyright issues. Oh yeah, parrots would get DMCA'd fast. Yep. That's why I don't see much of them around anymore. <laughs> you know, if 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 you're streaming here, you know, you know, whether it's on Twitch or YouTube gaming or on Mixer for the next like two weeks, and your parrot, who's you know, good friend of yours sitting back there, you know, starts chirping away, maybe like blinded lights or something like that. Are you gonna get DMCA? Because you're responsible know, just- for what the parrot's doing. Just uh, po- uh, just select Twitch Sings from the game list, and it, you shouldn't have any problems. So if I'm streaming Overwatch, but I have Twitch Sings playing in the background, does that make it okay? You can try it. I won't do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. We'll, we'll nuke your Twitch viewership, not ours. Yeah. <laughs> any uh, final words from you there, Sam? Nope. Au revoir. Au revoir. <laughs> Uh, anyhow, for me again, thank you for tuning in each and every week. If you haven't done so already, my hope is, is that you've clicked the subscribe button. Uh, we played around with the idea of, of introducing another team into the payload. Uh, we dropped a few sort of remixed RSP logos. Uh, Omni here does some phenomenal work and he did that on, uh, was it five minutes notice? I think I gave you. Yeah. I'm afraid our listeners missed the best one. The, uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That is true. I haven't, I haven't dropped that one. Maybe, maybe our patrons will actually get to get to see it. I'll drop it into patron chat, but uh, the San Francisco shock one was obviously the worst received of them. People did not like that. The best received was actually the, the New York Excelsior hybrid. Right. So, so far we've had a Toronto defiant hybrid. We've had a New York Excelsior hybrid. We've had a San Francisco shock hybrid. We've had a Paris eternal hybrid. 
technically speaking, we could also hybrid this podcast. So again, maybe there is space in the payload. Uh, as far as our podcast audience survey is concerned, again, closes on Friday. So if you haven't actually completed it, take that opportunity by going to bit.ly slash catchphrase survey. Again, Friday is the 17th. Uh, if you don't provide us your feedback by then, that's not to suggest it's too late. It's just not as easy because then you're actually going to have to send it to us direct either in Discord, discord.io slash readysetpwn, on Twitter at readysetpwn, Facebook, facebook.com slash readysetpwn, or by email feedback at readysetpwn.com. So with all of that said, on behalf of Omni at Omni Strike, myself, Chris at Lightforce, Sam at another Sam Chan, you'll sign this magical episode off with those two words you've been waiting for the entire time. Catchphrase. Catchphrase. <laughs>